There is a darkness out there. It may be hovering over your heart, hanging around your head. You may never come into contact with it. But you'll always know it's there, lingering. A black cloud covering a dark sky of despair. You may never be able to explain it. You may only experience it subconsciously. You may be lucky enough to never discover its terrible secrets. But it is there. There is, however, a light. The light behind your eyes. A kaleidoscope of color cascading around an empty room on a rainy day. We can guide you towards that light. Identify the softest sound and we can help you travel towards it. We can fight the darkness that you've been told to live in. We can lead you into the light that's been calling you. We are... The Midnight Hour. Power in the verse can stop me. What's going on, guys? My name is Alden Hero, and welcome to episode 63 of the Midnight Hour. I'm joined today by Jack. Wee! Not Jack Brown. Like, I feel like with that introduction, I need to clarify that it's not Jack Brown. Yeah, yeah. I kind of <laughs> felt that was a very uh, cheery yeah. end. Up. Wee! Yeah, um, <sighs> so this is. Uh, after this episode, we're gonna go dark for about a month and a few weeks for a few different reasons that I really, really hope you'll appreciate. Um, I'm super stressed at the moment and I'm taking a holiday in August to cope with that stress. Um, when I come back, I have like some uh, organizing to do in my life and uh, stuff to figure out and then I'm going to dedicate a whole lot of energy to the podcast, the plans for which are already in place. Um, but I want to stockpile some content and just get ready for regular releases of episodes and um, an official, finally, uh, iTunes debut. Mm. So that's what we have in store. This is going to be the final episode for a while. But I feel like you probably have that sense every time you listen. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's that... Um... That's not really noteworthy at this point, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will add that I genuinely believe we're going to end with a bang and that this will be an episode that will really, um, I don't know, just engage you. And uh, I think that you guys are really going to like this episode. I, I feel like it's properly the culmination of like what we've become to... The type of content that we've come to produce. I think since the year the end of last year we've been on a roll in the sense that all of the episodes we've produced have been of a certain quality that was not uh, there in the consistent period of episodes i think mm. we had some duds here and there um i don't think that's been the case for a while though and i'm pretty proud of all the stuff that we've done and uh if you want to leave a like on the video or like whatever that would be great because other than the views there's not really a whole lot of feedback uh, on the episodes anymore and that is a shame and that is something that I want to regain because um, it's a motivating factor and I really want this podcast to succeed and with the plans that I have in place I really believe that it can. So, 
that sounded very very good. I didn't even write anything down. That yeah, that was that was that was very good. Yeah, yeah I was so, content just to listen there for a bit. Yeah, um, I was watching some uh, videos the other day and reading some news, and the world is a seemingly dreadful, miserable place at the moment, and I feel as though we have been misled by the media, and we continue to be misled by. Uh, certain people in power or people who want to achieve power and that has been the case largely due to these scare tactics and fear-mongering and I don't feel like it's apt and I don't feel like it really should have as high a place in the world as it does so as a result of that we're going to do some fear-mongering of our own (laughs) and maybe uh, help to clear things up a little bit. Um, so I was wondering um, when Ghostbusters came out mm. and lots of people on the internet went absolutely ballistic in a way that is not really even explainable by any like, you know, logic or like rational thinking. Like it is a movie, a beloved movie. Um, which has been remade, which is obviously uh, a source for frustration um, for people, and that's fine. Um, I believe that the source of the frustration is primarily down to the fact that there are women in the cast, and I think people are threatened by this uh, current uprising in uh, femininity and uh, you know dominant ma- uh, female characters and things of that nature. But it got me to thinking, like. Um, as the movie was uh, open for ratings on IMDb, there was a campaign amongst males to mm. downvote it, um, so that basically it had something like thirty thousand ratings after the first day, um, which is ridiculous because for the first five days it was open, it was only viewable to um, movie critics and you know advanced screenings and stuff mm. like that. So there's no way. Um, but they, by using the demographics of the IMDb users who downvoted it, they were able to tell, like, their gender, their age and stuff. And, like, it's not really surprising stuff. But these are people who are downvoting movie that they haven't seen, and I, I just find that to be just, like, that's an insane thing to do. Um, but culturally, everyone is doing this at the same time as a result of this sort of hive-minded anger and aggression towards the product. And that's whatever. But it got me to thinking, like, what is our legacy as a culture? Like, in the future, what are they going to look back at us and think? Um, Because I really feel like that kind of aggression is so fucking insane. Like, I can just see it being a story that they tell around campfires 300 years from now. Like, in the 21st century, people were really angry at movies. (laughs) I just I yeah so anyway I was thinking like mm. what's our place in history what defines us culturally what is our legacy um and I think if we don't fucking rise up and wake up to the fear-mongering and don't like if we don't stop being guided by the fear um I think things might be pretty bad for us because mm. like historically there is a huge event every so often that leads to mass casualties of war and uh, division and all of those great Mm -hmm. things and uh, we're on track for that kind of event Um, just I mean statistically based on when those events have taken place in the past it would seem as though you know another world war is around the corner Um, 
And we've been trying so hard to avoid that for so long. I feel like we, I, like, I just don't want to be part of a society that mm. wakes up one day and thinks, fuck, we had it so good. Because um, uh, I am a little bit worried at the moment. I think we'll start off with Brexit because yeah. we never actually spoke about that on the podcast at all. If you live under a rock, the United Kingdom uh, voted democratically to leave the European Union. And Jack? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, my... Uh, just sums it all up, really. Um, I was obviously pro-staying in uh, the EU. Yeah. Uh, I say obviously, um, but uh, that's that's not obvious because you had a 50-50 chance, essentially, of me not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Thank you for clearing uh, up democracy. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Well, I, I feel like I have to clear up democracy, seeing as people are going, well, we'll just vote again. Yeah, it's like, of course. Well, no, because Absolutely. that's not how democracy works. Like, I'm not sure you understand. And I agree that people will be annoyed about the fact that it was such a close-called vote. I don't think that it should have been allowed to be such a close-called vote. Um, I'll expand on that by saying that, like, I think it should have had to be um, like over a certain percentage of the population because at the moment you, you're literally on a knife edge as to half the population it seems have also changed their mind as to what they think yeah, absolutely. they should have voted. I think if um, they were to run it again I think you're talking like high 60s percent would be in favour of remaining. Yeah, yeah I, I, re I really think that it would and especially in the lieu of all of the terror attacks that have happened in Germany and France recently with it edging ever closer yeah, I, I think it would swing back to um, staying in Europe. I think that those terror attacks are the type of thing that people are using to vote leave. I think people want tighter mm. borders. Actually, yeah, that's what they. But yeah, it's like mainland Europe is a lot easier uh, of a place to smuggle weapons into mm -hmm. because talking about borders across yeah. land yeah land borders are much easier to get through for people weapons everything essentially yeah and on top of that the british secret service um is very very good at uh, countering um terror plans and stuff like that so i don't know like it, it's really hard to talk about things where it, it's just hard to uh, quantify the threat um when you get to a certain level or whatever but it seems to me like dominantly the vote to leave was based around a sort of xenophobia and like mm. I, I i want to like uh, i want to say that with trepidation because i understand that a lot of people um have been just disillusioned and stuff yeah. like that um but uh, like it, certainly in all the tv interviews i saw of people who voted leave the main reason was like oh we want our country back like i, I don't want yeah. You know, being afraid of Islam and, mm. and stuff like that, um, which I just think is preposterous, yeah. really. Sadly, the the media isn't uh, an un no matter what media you no no matter what news source you get your news from, uh, none of them are unbiased. Every single one of them has a strong agenda that they will push, and obviously, those people that are so xenophobic and racist have been hand selected. Yeah, essentially, obviously that. You could go out and talk to ten people on the street, and maybe two of them will be xenophobic. But those are the two that you put in the news broadcast to push your agenda. Yeah, completely. I agree. 
And that's what, like, someone like me, because obviously, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I am from the Republic of Ireland. Um, I'm not a UK citizen. I have no, nothing to do with the UK. Wasn't allowed to vote in it, anything like that. Uh, just because, like, I know that some foreign, like, people don't really understand the history of Ireland. and um, But anyways, yeah, so, like, I see something like that and I think, well, shit, <laughs> England is very racist and they very much... But, like, yeah, so the fear-mongering started from um, a campaign led by... Well, I, I think the spokespersons for the the campaign to leave were uh, Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage, two yeah, like, definitely. mouthpieces who mm-hmm. uh, say things, they make just ridiculous sweeping statements and generalizations yep. and make headlines for being <laughs> awful people. Like, Yeah, not, not good people. And when... The head of when the captain and his first mate of the Brexit ship uh, jump from it as soon as that ship actually sets sail. Yeah. Um, you know you're fucked up there. I think like there are people that gen- that I know that genuinely believe um, researched every you know researched the um, discussions and made their own judgment based on what they think is better for the country, not just now but five, ten, fifteen you know, 20 years down the line. And, you know, they voted leave or remain based on that. And that's what I can respect. I can't respect people that listened to anybody that believed that the 350 million would go to the NHS. Yeah. Um, is a fucking idiot as far as I'm concerned. Especially when the fact um, that it was 300... It's For, for anyone that doesn't know, um, the, the main argument, I think, of the... Uh, and at least what seemed like, from a distance, the most reasonable argument... Mm-hmm in favour of leaving, was that the UK collectively gives £350 million every yeah. week to the European Union. And mm-hmm. had they left, then that money can get put straight back into the National Health Service. Yeah. However, £350 million as a figure was debunked time and yeah. time again. Uh-huh. It was never that. Um, they it, it ends up at about £190 billion. Which obviously is nothing to fucking, you know, uh, what's the, nothing to scoff at or, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, but it's just, like, it's grossly misleading to imply that it is anything other than that. And to say, oh, 350 million or a billion, um, let's fund the NHS instead. And that's not a thing that's going to happen at all. And the NHS is, like, famously fucking... That like the first cuts in any budget always get taken from the NHS every single time. Like people are like saying stuff like, "Oh yeah, let's fund the NHS instead," but they're the same people that voted for the fucking cuts. Mm. Like it's it just makes no sense at all. Like it's more to do with the fact that that's our money and it's going over there. Like that's the mentality. Mm. Sadly, I don't think I don't think the majority of the population votes based on policies or votes based on um, actual decisions that they've made. They vote based on their prejudices and, um, you know, what they, how they feel. So, you know, people voted for David Cameron in the general election because they were disillusioned with Labour, um, especially with... Because at the end of the day, I I would argue that the majority of people are voting for the face of each party, not actually for the policies. Yeah, absolutely. And David Cameron was a lesser of two evils than uh, the uh, slapstick 
comedy that was Ed Miliband as a human being. Yeah. Uh, he's, <laughs> um, like, yeah. It, like, he completely, like, look at the, look at how he was slaughtered in the media for eating a bacon sandwich. <laughs> and you can see a clear agenda against the Labour Party throughout a lot of uh, the media, especially if you look at how Corbyn's being treated as well. I, um, yeah, I find the treatment of Jeremy Corbyn to be absolutely fucking like baffling. Like it is, yeah. it is baffling as an outsider. Like why, yeah. why do they hate him so much? Um, because Rupert Murdoch is a conservative. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's and true. Rupert Murdoch, if anyone doesn't know, um, massive news tycoon essentially. Daily Mail. Um, I want to say all of the daily whatevers. Um, yeah, he owns a, Sky. A bunch of other stuff. Yeah, he's an awful human being as well. Sky own all of those. Yeah, like like it goes back to the classic thing of in the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties. There were, and I know this is probably a stat based on America, but there were like fifty news companies, um, and they were all owned individually. And now there's, there's still fifty, or there's there's down they're they're down from fifty, but they're owned by six corporations. Yeah. Um. um which are then in turn owned by like two. Rupert Murdoch tweeted um, at the beginning of the refugee crisis when it became a huge deal and we realized that millions of people had been removed from their homes in Syria and were uh, seeking refuge. Uh, Rupert Murdoch tweeted that we should have a screening process that determines which ones are Christian so that we can let them in. Like, that is a man. That is the most. Yeah, powerful because there's never been fucking media. radicalized Christians before. Jesus Christ. No, of course not. No Christian has ever committed a crime. No, uh, hello. No white person has. Yeah, that's true yeah. too. Yeah. Didn't you know? Crime is for brown people and Muslims. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Rupert Murdoch. Yes. Um. So yeah, yeah. That's so. Yeah, I, I'd never even really given it too much thought because I guess it just doesn't affect me as much as. Mm. Um, but like looking at the treatment of Jeremy Corbyn, I've always just in my head, there's always been like a sign that's just been like, oh man, I need to look up why this is like, what has he done? Yeah. Like, I mean, like Corbyn's policies, if you, if you look at his policies and don't just, I mean, he's a great speaker. Don't get me wrong. Um, he is an absolutely fantastic speaker and I really like him, but I don't agree with all of his policies. And I think that a lot of his policies and him as a person is quite out there. Mm. Um, especially for the average day you know the everyday bloke um or woman like his he he wants he wants to scrap trident which a lot of people um see as the only thing deterring russia from if they know what the trident system is at all um is the only thing that keeps russia from sending us into a nuclear fallout yeah, can um, we talk about the Trident thing actually? Yeah, sure. Um, it's a it's a nuclear weapons program. Uh, I believe I believe the phrase is nuclear deterrent system. Yeah, okay. So it's a series of um, nuclear submarines that can essentially intercept and destroy um, any nuclear threat, be that country or missile. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. So, like, no, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, um. I don't know. I, I can't get behind it. I know that uh, Theresa May, the current uh, fucking prime minister, um, is is in favour of it and everything. Um, I saw this video going around Facebook of a Scottish MP mm-hmm. discussing it. Did you, did you happen to see that? Uh, I might have done. I, I skimmed through a lot of stuff on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I, I read it. Or sorry, I watched the video. It was a Scottish woman. Um, 
I fucking hate that I don't know what her name was. Um, but she completely, like, destroyed the whole concept of it in a really, like, articulate and well-thought-out way where she had, like, quite clearly assessed the risk, um, had done the research to decide, like, look, if if there's a nuclear uh, warhead heading towards Britain, like, what difference does it fucking make? Um, but she sort of uh, laid out what the, the top, marked threats to the UK are and stuff like that and how the nuclear weapons thing is just like it, it's just not necessary like it's almost overkill or whatever I find it weird that conservatives just have a fucking mad love of like storing nuclear weapons and they're mm-hmm. fucking mad for nuclear weapons like it's always a main talking point when um, like uh, right wing potential leaders talk about uh, foreign policy and stuff like that um, but yeah, I, I would like just absolutely not be in favour of yeah. uh, Trident at all. No, yeah, I mean it, br- it brings a lot of um, it brings a lot of jobs to northern coastal towns. Yeah, which ironically enough uh, voted to leave when, again, this is all hearsay and like a lot of this stuff on this podcast, uh, the facts are sixty percent true, hundred percent of the time. Yeah. <laughs> And almost completely brought out, dragged out of memory with nothing in front of like us to actually <laughs> read from. Yeah. Um, but you know, more money was pumped into those towns by the EU than by the government in the, over the last ten years. That is a um, fact. Um, yeah. There is a um, graph you can, if you look at, if you even type in Grex, <laughs> Grexit, Grexit, type in Brexit, Greenland, Greenland exit the EU. <laughs> No, Greenland exit the lands. Right <laughs> they moved away from Poland, Ireland, Iceland, Iceland. Finland. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just green now. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, um, if you just Google Brexit graph, you'll see it. I, I looked at it like 15 minutes ago. It yeah. is true. Um, the the towns that predominantly voted leave were the ones that had gotten the most EU funding over the last uh, 30, 40 years, whatever. Yeah. The the irony is, is kind of hilarious, really. It's crazy and you had towns asking that like for assurance that they would get the same funding they were getting under the eu like why did you fucking vote leave it was like the fact that the people who orchestrated the leave campaign and promoted it didn't even want to win (laughs) that should tell you something like like they hadn't a clue what they were gonna do and boris johnson and uh, farage they celebrated the next day and then dave cameron like did the greatest thing he's ever done and was yeah. like, well, fuck this. Because um, once the Lisbon Treaty is the treaty that um, binds the EU, the European mm-hmm. Union, and once Article 50 is triggered, there's no going back on it. And Article 50 is the one that relates to leaving the EU. So someone yeah. has to do that and it has to be the person in power. Mm-hmm. And Cameron resigned and left it up to whoever takes over to be the one that does it. And you just know he was banking on the fact that nobody wanted to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so it happened. Uh, Farage said, um, I want my life back and moved. Yep. He left. Yep. I would love yeah. it so much if he moved to another country because <laughs> the irony would never escape him. Um, and Boris Johnson has been named the new minister for foreign affairs. Is that right? I, yeah, here's the... F- yeah, I can- The man who wanted out of the EU yeah. is now responsible for our relationship with most of the country, in fact, all of the countries 
in the EU and the rest of the world. And he gave a speech, I think, two the days. The misogynist and racist yeah. is in charge. Of... Boris Johnson is a fucking... It. Like, he is poison. Like, he is not a nice person. He's a guy yeah. who's been living off this hashtag lad reputation since he did a rugby tackle on someone in a charity football match. But yeah. Boris Johnson is the guy who has said that everyone from the city of Liverpool has a victim persona, that they all love to play the victim. Like, they don't think... They have a... What you call it? Um... A complex, uh, uh, inferiority complex. He said, um, he said that homosexuality is a mental illness. Like this guy is a bad, bad person. Um, and he gave this huge speech like two days after um, Britain voted to leave, and he was saying like, look, we really want our kids to be able to travel to other countries and assimilate and learn the languages and and do all of this stuff. It's like you should have fucking voted Remain then, mm. you fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, what you're talking about is the European Union that you were voted to leave. Like, the, uh, they had no fucking idea what they were doing. Like, it, it was... Yeah, it, it's going to mirror the Donald Trump thing, which we're going to talk about yeah. later on in the episode. But it's just, like, some men just want to watch the world burn, and that's what they did. Like, I think... <coughs> sorry, I think what epitomizes the leaders of Brexit is uh, something that I read in... Admittedly, I read it in the Guardian, and the Guardian is um, a pro-Remain was a pro-Remain publication. The Guardian is the best public. Um, <laughs> um, and it was an article that was entitled "Is Michael Gove an idiot? His wife certainly seems to think so." Mm. And the evening of the uh, of the referendum vote, Gove went to bed. This is one of the men that led the um, led Brexit and then put his hat in, threw his hat in the ring to become prime minister. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to bed before the results were announced and woke up to his phone ringing at four thirty a.m. and his response to being told that they had won and that Britain was going to leave the EU was, "Oh bother." And his wife, who admittedly is a Daily Mail columnist, so, I mean, you can uh, take that as you will. Mm. Um, she wrote the phrase, this was never meant to happen, while explaining her husband and hers mourning after the referendum vote. Yeah. What do you mean it was never meant to happen? Were you doing it as some form of protest? Because that's not the way to go about protest. It's the same, remember there was a protest vote that got UKIP some seats in the... Yeah. And the people that... the My favourite ones that... My favourite thing that cropped up within the days following uh, the days post-Brexit. By the way, I really hate the phrase Brexit. Yeah, so do uh, I. And I fucking hate I that it's hate the norm, it, too. But it's the most convenient way instead of saying Britain's exit from the European Union. Yeah. Um, and I'm not about to attempt to coin a new phrase. It, but um, it's hard to um, to get behind. Like... Yeah, it's like we've. I all feel just like decided. a twat saying it. Yeah, so do I. Like, like I would never say rom com. Like, why the yeah. fuck do I have to say this? It's weird. Um, but yeah, the the my favorite thing that came out post Brexit was the slew of people that the TV, um, that the news corporations found and the TV channels found that were saying, um, and the. The videos that I saw were actually entitled Regrets It. Um, yeah. 
So that's where we are in, in the world. But that, <laughs> there were people saying, and there was one that stood out, and she said, oh, well, it was kind of just a protest vote. I didn't actually think it would happen. Mm. Have you heard of spoiling the ballot? Fucking hell. Yeah. Like, don't vote if you, like, if you want to protest. Write maybe on it. Yeah, scribble all over it. Yeah. Don't actually choose an option. Write dust in the turkey. Don't yeah. fucking protest. Don't over. protest by actually casting a serious vote that could change your life. Yeah. God. I cannot get over the fucking... And then you, you see all these other people who are like... like um, Sort of like rich kids or like well-off uh, young adult males who are all mm. like... Uh, and not not just male. I'm just so used to saying that. Um, like y- young adults and stuff who are just like, oh yeah, I, I wanted, uh, I voted leave. I'm so happy. It's been great to see everyone get angry over and stuff. Like, yeah, it's great to smug it up from your position of privilege while people panic about their futures and stuff like that. It's fucking crazy, and I really hope it doesn't spark um, a movement that is just one piece in a chain of you know dread and devastation and all the things that yeah. would happen as a result of this i uh, yeah uh, brexit is i i would have bet my house on it being a remain vote and this is what i was talking about when earlier on in the episode just about how like it, it's it's the first instance in my lifetime maybe uh first instance in my conscious lifetime i think mm-hmm. where the side in favor of like hatred and you know spreading fear and bigotry is the side that won and that's terrifying to me like because i've been so like assured that you know reason is prevailing like we're from the era Mm. of reason prevailing and i think we have had it really good for a really long time like uh since um just after the war in iraq i guess like i i think the backlash to the war in iraq to me marked like a a cultural change where we've got a a much stronger humanitarian element of just cultural behavior than ever before um i think i mean i don't know i'm i'm i've only been alive since the 90s so i I really can't say that with confidence but that's what it feels like to me that's my perception and to see that be shattered in such a ridiculous way is kind of scary to me and mm. i do think it's intimidating and I, like i like obviously i come from the island of ireland which was marked by its own troubles throughout the 80s and even in my lifetime um it does concern me that you know that wasn't even a talking point during the brexit discussions yeah. and the debates nobody had considered or even mentioned belfast or how this would affect mm. people in the north of ireland people with dual citizenship or people who have Irish citizenship but their family members have British yeah. citizenship and stuff like that. And I find that preposterous, really, because it's called the fucking United Kingdom yeah. and there is nothing united about that vote. No. There are, like like I said, it's it's literally a knife edge of uh, like a 50-50. Yeah. It may as well have been, I mean, 52-48 on the larger scale of things. Yeah, it's terrible. It's nothing. It's... Like, it's such a marginal difference. Like, yeah, it's, it's such a marginal difference. I mean, at the end of the day, the referendum was essentially an opinion poll. Yeah. It holds no actual bearing. Yeah. Uh, the House of Commons could completely reject the public opinion and say, no, it's not in our best interest to leave the EU at all. Yeah. 
there is absolutely nothing on apart from the backlash from 52% of people um, on the government to actually invoke Article 50. Yeah, and... Obviously, uh, the the paradox there is that if they feel that now 52% of the people would rather remain post the referendum, um, they would then be with the majority, but by dis- by disobeying the democratic vote of the people, they have then completely put themselves out of being a democratically elected government and therefore have no right in, obviously, my mind to rule the country. Yeah, exactly. Because so it's, they have to do it, otherwise they are traitors to their own democracy. Yeah. Right? But Theresa May has said that she won't do it until uh, Britain is united. Well, the United Kingdom is united. United Kingdom Which, and Britain are two different things. Yeah, like, and no one wants to do it. None, none of the politicians want to do it. Yeah, she's had discussions with the Scottish government, um, yeah. and she's hopeful. I, I, I don't think she is hopeful. I, I think realistically, Theresa May wants to remain. Um, but she, I don't know. Um, I, I feel like this whole thing is a stalling tactic, mm-hmm. and push will come to shove eventually. Um, but she, in her first week of... She's the person who was taken over from David Cameron. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, she's the new Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Um, and the first thing that she did was uh, get rid of the uh, Global Warming Department, or the Climate yeah. Change Department, yeah. uh, which is something I wanted to talk about real quick, because mm-hmm. um, Britain... Uh, or Sorry, the UK leaving the EU is bad for... Um, the, there's like a an EU uh, treaty or like agreement about yeah. um, carbon emissions and stuff like that, with the UK being one of the lead sort of offenders in that regard. Yeah. Um, and now they're under no obligation to cut their carbon emissions, which could mm-hmm. be bad for the state of the planet like years from now. Um, but the fact that she's come in and just gotten rid of this entire fucking section dedicated to um, fighting global warming, um, that's alarming to me. I, I yeah, find yeah, that definitely. to be another strange thing that I've noticed that the predominant, um, or at least the mouthpieces that represent conservatism do not seem to believe in global warming. And I don't get why that is. Like, Donald Trump thinks it's a fucking conspiracy by the Chinese um, so that they can get ahead in business. But, like, it's a real thing that is documented, and it really doesn't take that long to figure out that, like, the planet is, like, we're breaking it. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're yeah. causing harm for our future generations, and I have a theory on that that I'll get into. But I mm. feel like you should say something about the. I just like people don't seem to like since I remember when. <coughs> Sorry, I remember when I was in school, and it was uh, suddenly we became aware of what CFCs were and what they were doing to the environment. Um, I don't know if that kind of hit you in a wave all of a sudden as well. Yeah, I remember. Um, I actually it was like the day you heard you heard CFCs. nothing about CFCs. Yeah. Until you turned about fourteen, and then suddenly it was like every fridge pre nineteen ninety has fucked us. Do you know what? It's really funny you say fourteen because I'm how many years older than you am I? Three. Yeah. Um, I was uh twelve, eleven or twelve. I was in 
uh, primary school. And I, yeah. I like I remember the exact seat I was in, and I remember our teacher gave everyone out an A4 page that he had just printed, and it was about it was completely about CFCs, and I was like, "Hello, Celtic Football Club." <laughs> um, I, like I remember it really, really vividly. It was the first I had ever heard of like damage that yeah. um, that mankind had been doing to the planet. Yeah, yeah. Like it kind of it kind of came in a wave where everyone was suddenly aware of the fact that we were ripping this hole um, in the ozone layer yeah. and just damaging the world in general. And it seemed to peak around the millennium. Yeah, because I remember people really caring. Al Gore's um, yeah that, yeah that Al Gore was, was an inconvenient truth yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was yeah. what 2003 maybe even, something like no 2003 have, maybe even yeah, it might have been before that yeah. um, but it kind of peaked with that and just kind of dropped off the map completely yeah it did it it's so at the strange point and it changed from global warming to climate change and yeah. Yeah, it stopped being... I remember seeing these documentaries about how, well, the planet will just naturally heal itself anyway. It's like, yeah, but we'll be gone by then <laughs> because of what we've done to it now. Like, it, it, it's um, it's a crazy thing that we're just completely overlooking because um, it's it's like a, the prisoner's dilemma, which is a philosophical thought experiment. Um, the best example of it, I think, would be in The Dark Knight where the Joker has the uh, boat full of... Um, convicts and the boat full of innocent oh, people yeah, yeah. and they each have a trigger for the other one's boat and they have to decide um so like best case scenario for anyone there is that you know um they don't get blown up and when all of the major uh, nations of the world um and like the leading offenders in uh, cfc emissions and stuff like that when they turn up and they all sign this agreement like the best case scenario for everyone there is that everybody else adheres to these new regulations but they don't because that allows them to get ahead because it's all about like that's kind of what capitalism is is it's this very very competitive um like you know you know corporate bloodbath Mm. to put it uh in fear-mongering terms but that's what we're here to do um so yeah that's why nobody ever sticks to them is because they will fall behind if they do and I think that that's what drives that um, conservative rejection of the idea of global warming is because they see other countries using it as a tool to get ahead. And it feels like a trap because um, obviously it's a country that isn't theirs mm-hmm. uh, rising to prominence perhaps faster than theirs. And that's seen as intimidating and stuff like that. I think that what also like if you look at any statistics of the money that has gone into um disputing like it has been well established for since even i i i I dare say the 60s that you know global warming and climate change is a thing and that it's destroying the world um how research has been quashed by an an anti-research essentially and buying false research answers um has been pushed by the oil companies because at the end of the day when making changes that will um, benefit us in terms of global warming it's the oil companies that stand the most to lose and i think that by the nature of being uh, conservatives and having being in the wealthy powers and having most likely shares or friends with deep pockets in the oil industry mm. you know i think it all ties together there neatly 
Yeah, well, that's like a ridiculous thing to say mm. because like look at how people bend over for the nra and defend them in times where mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it, it's really not a stretch to say yeah. that that's pretty much like i i don't think that there is a more openly corrupt field than yeah. the oil industry it, oh no yeah yeah like everybody knows what's going on there um and yeah i I think you're right i i I just think it's so bizarre and so short-sighted and my theory is not really a theory it's more of like a i I don't know i I just have this idea that we have a cultural belief um that's being fueled to us by like movies and stuff like that that like the world's gonna end anyway yeah (laughs) so fuck it like I, i genuinely think that there are one of two thought patterns that people have when mm. it comes to the future, and they're the complete opposite. I think a lot of people think that we're going to destroy the planet, and that is a foregone conclusion. And I, then I think the other half think that the future is, you know, flying cars and, and like, truly sentient, all-knowing, powerful beings that properly understand everything. Like, I, I think... Like the idea would be that they're looking at us and laughing at us for our mm. um, uh, just the fact that we buy everything. Consumerism is the word I'm looking for, um, and like they know that that's not the truth, and people are searching for the truth because they're so intelligent and stuff. Mm. Um, the reality is going to be somewhere in the middle. I think. Uh, yeah. I, I think the the gulf between rich and poor is only going to get bigger as time goes by. So I think. Um, the wealthier parts of the world will always be extremely wealthy and well looked after. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is going to be some really, really, really bad times for yeah. the people on the other side of the wheel. And um, that's being completely ignored. Uh, and much like the people in Belfast, like they're just not thought about in these big debates. Like, I, I, I think it's so strange. And I think part of the reason why the side of fear spreading is winning now is because it gives a voice to people who never had a voice before like the disillusioned towns in england that had you know like all their local businesses shut down because of the global recession and what feels like no eu funding at all and like no one cared about them they got a voice during the uh, brexit vote, yeah. and they voted to leave and it's like the loudest thing they could have done but it was the only way they could let their feelings be known and i just don't think it was made clear to those people what the eu is you know what the eu even does and i think um like that's a huge shame but i also think it's a massive failure Mm. on the uh remain campaign side i don't think that the remain campaign did even nearly enough i think they were like me they just assumed that you know, people would see reason, but yeah. if you don't fucking yeah. lay it out before people, they're not gonna like. I'd... I think, uh, I think the the combination of the controversial figures that headed Brexit and the um, the desires and the agendas of the newspapers read by the masses, um, I think that's what resulted. And I would even go so far as to say that the fact that Cameron was such a string, um, stringent, stringent, the right word. Yeah. He was so pro Remain. I think that worked. I, I think that worked against them. I think Cameron being pro Remain 
Um, a lot of people, again, voting with their heart and not with their head, would have voted as a fuck you to Cameron. I completely not agree. As a legitimate vote. Because, like, it actually struck me while I was, um, like, I fucking analyze every single thing all the time in my head. Um, I'm such a, like, everyone knows that I'm a pop culture psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had thought to myself, like, fucking, it's the people that voted Cameron in that have voted to leave the EU. Like, you're the ones that have voted for the budget cuts, and now you're fucking voting because you don't like... And then I realized, like, shit, actually, that's not true. Like, that doesn't even fit my narrative at all. That mm. It was, in fact, Cameron and his party that wanted to stay. And that seems so strange, because it doesn't really make sense. Like, Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, Cameron... Cameron was a victim of his uh, Cameron and everybody that wanted to remain was a victim of his overconfidence. Yeah. Um. I mean, we wouldn't have had this referendum unless he had promised it as part of his. If I win the general election, I'll give you the referendum that you so desperately want. Yeah. Um. And look how that turned out for him. Yeah. And the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and like, I mean. With the way that that's going, I mean, what are you going to get if the Americans vote in Donald Trump? You Here's get, the thing, right? You get a massive... You you won't get a massive fucking wall because Mexico aren't going to pay for it. And if you do, you've wasted taxpayer money because he's decided that it's something that he's doing. And Mexican people are still going to get in anyway. And Mexican people aren't people that are, terrorized, that are doing terrorist attacks, I'll tell you that much. Um, but, Donald Trump... like. One of the things that the EU has done since its inception um, that has been massively overlooked as a talking point once again in the referendum is that above everything else, the EU has unified Europe for the longest time in its history since yeah. it drifted from Pangaea. The, con- like the, the main, mainland Europe and um, like for the most part its, its surrounding countries, due to the Union, have been at peace for a long, long time, right? And when Russia uh, was flexing its muscles, the EU just, like, really, really quickly put these taxes on trade and, um, like, all these reductions and stuff like that, which are super taxing to the Russian economy to the point where they actually do act as a deterrent to acts of war from Vladimir Putin's Russia. Mm-hmm. And a fractured EU doesn't stand as much of a chance at keeping that going. But Vladimir Putin supports Donald Trump. Um, And in fact, there's a conspiracy theory that I kind of believe that it was um, the Russians. It was Vladimir Putin. Like, well, obviously not him personally, but it was it was the Russian government who hacked the um, the DNC the other day. Uh, because they support Trump. And, like, just if Donald Trump gets in power, he said he's not going to support NATO. He says America pay the most for NATO. They put the mm. most funding into NATO, which is true, but it's also part of the agreement with NATO because it's based on a percentage of the GDP in America. Yes. Yeah. The, the highest. And they're the biggest country by far. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, yeah. proportionally, of course they do. Uh, or, sorry, they do, but proportionally they don't. Um,. But Donald Trump has said he's not going to support NATO. So 
with that happening, you've got um, a fractured EU trying to stop Putin. And if they can't do it and NATO has to step in, America is not going to be part of NATO. So you're going to have a fractured NATO as well. Like, it's, it's really, really, really bad that those two massive things can combine to make a gigantic thing. Like, that's how world wars start. It's a series of chain reactions. Like, you know, it was the assassination of Franz Ferdinand that started World War One. Like, what seemed like such a little thing. Um, it's not a stretch. It, it's really, I don't know, like, it's genuinely worrying. Um, Donald Trump is one of those things that, again, I hadn't worried about at all because Hillary Clinton has never been a popular politician at all. And she had fucking dwarfed him in every single opinion poll up until the other day when Donald Trump made his acceptance speech at the Republican National Convention. Um, and after that speech, his popularity soared. It's risen by 56%. Um, like 50, As in 56% of people who were previously undecided are now in favor of Donald Trump. And are willing to give him the vote, right? And that's fucking terrifying. The man's an absolute lunatic. Not only that, but in his speech the other day, like, most of what he said was a fucking lie. And he's not even, like, being called on it or anything like that. He, he made loads of just speculative, sweeping generalizations. Mm. Like, the world is a more terrifying place now. Um, the world is more dangerous. The world is more scary. He said um, that all the hard work done to reduce our murder rate has been undone in the last year. Which is completely not true. Violent crime and murder rates have gone down unabated yeah, in America. It's down like what thirty percent in ten years or something ridiculous. It's it's down I think forty one percent since the eighties. Yeah, it's it's declined so rapidly and so consistently. Consistently, yeah. Like the 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 amount of violent crimes that are perpetrated not even just in the US but worldwide has gone down massively since the 80s. Yeah. And we do live in a safer world for the average person. We do. And unfortunately, the outliers of I feel like I feel like it's a bit um I feel like it's wrong saying that the ter- that terrorist attacks are outliers seeing as we've had at least one even two or three a day for the last week. Yeah, it's in Europe. It's it, been a dark time. Yeah, and it, but it's so important that we don't lose sight of the fact that the world is getting better, and yeah. that a radical change isn't needed. Like ISIS is dying out. They're not bringing in as much money as they used to. They've lost an absolute ton of support, um, it, like from their backers, and that's the reason why these terrorist attacks are being carried out it's like a final rallying cry from a dying organization that is not gonna last it like it's going to die out by itself i know that's really hard to believe and like mm-hmm. to be honest like radical islam will probably reinvent itself in some other form because as long as the u.s are mistakenly flying drones into 84 innocent people in syria like they did the other day like you're going to have splinter groups that form as a result of that and commit acts of what they consider to be revenge like that's going to happen um but uh well like i i think terror attacks have risen in the west obviously over the last few years but violent crime in general is completely down another thing that trump said was that 14 million people uh since barack obama took power have left the workforce like they don't yeah. um they're like they're not in the uh, economy or the circular flow of income right 
complete nonsense. Yeah. Since Obama took office, there are five million extra people in the workforce. Mm. Like Obama has risen the numbers in the workforce. Like it's absolutely mental that he just gets on a stage to thunderous cheers from the Republicans at the convention for spouting lies. Like yeah. not not hearsay, just utterly false yeah. things that but, are not true. Yeah. The 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 worst thing is that people won't dispute it though. If you get to a certain if you get to a certain stage, everything you say must be true. And for the kind of people that support Trump, reason and research are beyond their capabilities. Historically, uh, naysayers from the left who debunk things like that are ignored. And it always gets looked back on as a thing where people are like, how did they not listen to... Or not even that, but they say, like, how did nobody notice? But people do notice. They just don't get noticed themselves or they get brushed aside or whatever. Like Trump said, uh, there's like 180,000 um, illegal immigrants with criminal records who mm. were ordered to be deported, but uh, they're still not gone and stuff like that. And like, that is true, but there's a lot like deporting someone isn't just you turn up their door and send them away. Like there's a process involved. He also said that there are countless people coming in uh, from Syria, like millions of refugees coming in from Syria. And we have no way of knowing uh, who they are like we've no way of screening these people there is a screening process it takes two years they're actually uh under their quota for how many syrian refugees they mm. allow into the country every year they're under it like they haven't even gotten close to maxed out on it and the quota isn't even that high it's only a few thousand like if 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 someone in that um list of refugees who are seeking asylum in america a syrian person if they've given a cigarette or a sandwich to a Syrian soldier, they're not allowed into America. Yeah. Like, to say that we have no way of knowing who... We fucking do. <laughs> like, they don't just turn up and get let in. Like, that's not what happens. Like, they're... Like, he's blind to this. Like... It's, I just... Yeah, it's bizarre. It's mental. It's so bizarre. And in Europe, like, um, you know, saying about the number of um, refugees let in... Per, I think it's based on per capita or something like that, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Um, and the the worst part about the backlash of terrorism that has come since the Syrian refugee crisis and allowing Europe allowing all of the ref, you know the refugees to take home in um, Germany and France and stuff like that is that it's done out of human compassion and love um, for their fellow man, and that's the that's the thanks that they get. Yeah. Um, and I could, and in that way, I can understand why people would want to come out of Britain and have uh, tighter control over the borders because nobody wants their loved ones to die. Um, and you know, as much as bad as Trump is. <laughs> He will never be as bad as the people uh, killing innocent civilians who have done nothing but show them kindness. Yeah. It's, Even though he might end up doing that, you, we don't know yet. With, with the Syrian refugee crisis is a question of like, 
like how many should you let in and like people mm. become numbers and it's such a horrible thought to even comprehend that you may have to turn people away but like truthfully if everybody in fucking like if there was a huge civil war in England and mm. people were seeking refuge in other parts of the UK there is no way that they would be turned away. Like it, 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 to put it even more like simple than that, how big is the average family in terms of extended family members? I don't know, like twenty or thirty people, maybe. Yeah. Um, there is no way that anyone in your extended family doesn't get given refuge in your home temporarily. And I like, I know that people from Syria are not your family, but like we're all people. Yeah. Like we all have the same genes and like. Mm-hmm. We all come from the same... We're all the same collection of chemicals. Like, it's so fucking weird to me that we let things like skin color and religion and stuff, like, dictate how we behave to certain people. And it's like a sampling error in your mind that your brain automatically does when you hear that a Syrian refugee has blown someone up. And you think to yourself... Like, you don't do it consciously. Your brain just tells you that, uh, well, those people aren't to be trusted because that one just blew someone up. But when Anders Breivik or whatever, like, nobody wants to turn away Norwegian people because of Anders Mm. Breivik. Like, no one feels cautious around Norwegian people because of Anders Breivik. And, like, similarly, I wouldn't feel scared around American people, even though, like, the media would have me believe that they're armed oh, and they are likely to kill me. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's it's a failure by the mass media that we have been led to treat these people as though they were parasites. Mm-hmm. Like, every parasite is a failed symbiote. Like, there's a person in there that is in need of help. And it's just baffling to me that as a society, we have chosen to, like, ignore that problem when historically, you know, I come from a country of war immigrants. Yeah. Like, and, like, it's, it, it just makes me really uncomfortable because, like, I don't have the answers. And whenever I raise that kind of concern around people, I think there's a tendency amongst people to think that I'm, like, trying to create a perception of myself as being holier than thou. And it's not yeah. that. It's, like, a genuine, like, affliction where I just think it is terrible. Um, if you just think on that base human level, there's, like, millions of people who have been fucking removed from their homes forcefully by bombs. If you just Google Syria war and look at the picture, like, it's fucking horrible. And some cunts on the internet find a picture of, like, a muscular Australian guy on holiday and they put it up and they say, this guy was caught crossing the border from Syria into somewhere. He's quite clearly a fucking agent of... And it's like, like, why are you doing this? Like, obviously it's because of fear. And like, I think fear might be our cultural legacy and the fact that we let fear control us and take over like just the rational part of our brains that should exist to just say, look, Donald Trump, this is not true. He said that police um, are being killed at an alarming rate. Less police have died so far this year than any other year ever at yeah. this time of that year. It's it's down, I think, 2% since 
since this time last year. Granted, not a huge yeah. decline, but a decline nonetheless. Progress is a, is a steady thing. It doesn't just come at the one time, and it's definitely not going to come from voting in a fucking would-be war criminal. Like, yeah. the fact that the man's, like, most famous supporters are Vladimir Putin and the fucking Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, when when Vladimir Putin is one of your main plaudits, surely at some point someone's got to go, yeah, that that's not good. Yeah. it's That's, that's definitely not good. Like, he, he said, um, again, at the convention, to applause, mass applause from the crowd, that yeah. the Iran deal that America made with Iran gave $150 billion to Iran and gave us nothing. It will go down in history as one of the worst deals ever made, right? The Iran deal was where America agreed to unfreeze um, Iranian assets, right? And mm. they did that under the agreement um, that like Iran wouldn't go down the path of making nuclear weapons it was it was an agreement made by America where they were like here's your money back but like to make nuclear weapons you're going to have to do all of this stuff now and we're going to know about it and it's you know just don't make nuclear weapons and then in the same breath he said Iran is on the path to nuclear weapons like he doesn't know what the Iran deal is he just knows that America he just knows that currency left somewhere and went to Iran like it yeah. was their money and like yeah, he's just, like, the dude is, like, so fucking blissfully unaware, and he's just spreading this hatred and fear, mm. and, like, I, it's just about power. And, like, I, like, I know Godwin's law and everything like that, like, if you mention Hitler yeah. in an argument, you're wrong, but, like, that is what Hitler did. Like, that is literally what he did. He turned mm. up, made loads of sweeping statements... Uh, on loudspeaker to crowds of thousands of people to like thunderous cheers was voted in people later said like they were terrified they wished that they voted certain ways and stuff mm -hmm. like that they were so sorry that they saw it all happen but like that's that's how you know bad things happen and that's pretty terrifying yeah what did you think of his wife's speech uh, I thought it was great the first time I heard it when <laughs> Michelle Obama said it. <laughs> I think it was much better the first time around. It, it's another thing, though, right? That I, I it, it's fucking crazy that um, like she says that to cheers from the RNC, and like if it was Michelle Obama talking, they would have booed no matter was, what she said. Well, yeah, of course. Like Michelle Obama could have stood there and said hello, and they would have booed. Donald oh. Trump has five kids from three different women. Can you imagine if Obama had five kids? I know. Tell me about it. Like, All can right. you actually imagine? Like, it, it's 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 a class. It's class warfare. It's it's not just class. It's racial as well. Yeah, it is. But I think deeper than racial, it actually becomes about class. Um, like I I saw. Did you see um? Oh man, what's his name? Uh, John Stewart when he turned up on the uh the Daily Show. Um, and mm. filled in for Stephen Colbert for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, the whole thing he said about Sean Hannity and how like he like he made fun of Obama for ordering mustard with his burger, <laughs> but like had nothing to say about like Donald Trump living in a fucking gold tower <laughs> with like his name engraved in gold and stuff like that. Like he says nothing about that. It's just like it's complete blindness and tribalism that's just like you know targeted towards like different classes or whatever. It, it's just the way that 
like I am genuinely biased against conservatives mm. because like why wouldn't I be at this point like seeing the way that they react to and I don't mean all conservatives but I think you guys know that well enough by now like yeah. my main impressions of conservatism come from uh, UK headlines and uh, what's happening in America at the moment so um, from the moment I saw Bill O'Reilly uh, claim that when the Florida nightclub was shut up, that it was by a member of ISIS, like that ISIS had attacked. Mm. Like it was, and it was a fucking mentally ill guy with identity yeah. issues who was born and raised in America. Like it was another lone wolf shooting that, if it's a white guy, it gets put down as a what a shooting spree or a mass killing or whatever it is. But because yeah. he had brown skin and mentioned ISIS, he becomes a terrorist. Like, um, from the moment I saw Bill O'Reilly say that, like, I just knew that there was just like nothing's ever gonna fix that sort of um, back and forth that they have over there. It's always gonna be a two-party system. At least I think, mm. like, being skeptical about it anyway. Yeah. But uh, there's no clear reason given in either side of the debate now. It's like they're too far gone that it just results in like name calling and stuff like. Yeah. That. Like, uh, it's a two-horse race between the like and it's a case of thing picking who you think is the lesser of two evils yeah it, that's simply what it boils down to and it's the same in the uk as well i mean the uk ukip joined gained traction for a little bit there and um the lib dems gained a little bit of traction as well for a little while but apart from those two little drops in the ocean yeah it's Labour and Conservative all the way, and it's just about who you think is. And I'm guilty of thinking this, and it's it's you. You vote for the everyday man, and you vote for Labour, or you vote for your own interests if you're earning more than fifty grand a year, and you vote for Conservative. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that's exactly. That, those are obviously like you know um, bullshit numbers and bullshit actual opinions. It, that, that's um, a does, conception. It, yeah, but it's a conception. Or a perception. Preconceived notion. Yes, <laughs> it's one of those three. Things. It is though, yeah. That, that's completely yeah. what it is, and and it's the same in America. I just like from the outside looking in, America seems like it's, um, I don't know. It, it's it's lost its sense of whatever would be considered like a cultural legacy. Like it's, you know, you have these white guys um, on the um, the far conservative side, like. Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity and Donald Trump that claim patriotism and stuff like that. Like, you know, Donald Trump wants to be a strong leader because they need a strong leader. And in order to do that, you have to act as if everything around you is weak. Like the way that they say, like, it's we, it's chaos in the streets. Cops are being killed all the time, like all this kind of stuff. And it's fucking nonsense. It's not true. Like the stuff that he's saying isn't true. Like, run some fact checks on some of the stuff that Donald Trump says. He lies more than any politi- more than any other politician I've ever seen in my entire life. But because he says all of this and fucking puffs his chest and gives it the... Like, because he's charismatic and stuff like that. He, he has mm. gained a, a fucking really large following. And now he started reaching out to, to people, um, to the minorities, like saying that, oh, there's not enough black people and Latino Americans employed. He, he was saying that I will protect our LGBT community. <laughs> stuff like that like it's fucking nonsense he doesn't care about those people the man's biggest supporters are white supremacists like his son appeared on a fucking 
really, really, really racist podcast before. Like, it's like I don't believe that Donald Trump himself is like a conscious racist, but I do think that the the perception of himself that he's putting out there and the fact that he has appealed to as many white supremacists as he has should be a real like fucking alarm signal mm. to to the people in America like there's no other politician ever that's been publicly backed by most uh white supremacist groups and Donald Trump has and like that's actually crazy yeah like some of the stuff he's even said like fucking Kim Jong Un is is endorsing Donald Trump? Like, like it's like we said earlier. Like when one of your biggest plaudits is Vladimir Putin, where it's illegal to be—is it still illegal to be gay in Russia? Um, yeah, I, ca- I can't seem to remember. Um, but it w- like it wouldn't surprise me if the uh, the Abu Dhabi royal family were big supporters of Trump. I think. Um, yeah, I I think. I don't know. He seems to very much hate Muslims anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, like, he wants to ban all Muslims from the country until yeah. we, quote, figure out what's well, going he, on. Well, you know, he wants to do uh, a Hitler and essentially tattoo a serial number onto them. That was a suggestion of his, yeah. Yeah, well, I think it was making the way wristbands or necklaces, wasn't it? Or yeah, it was. Like yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, very, um, like... <coughs> He must be doing it on purpose at this point because oh, he is. his mannerisms are worryingly similar to those of Adolf Hitler. And I know that Adolf Hitler became um, was revered as a public speaker um, because he had, you know, putting aside the fact that he was a fucking awful person, uh, he had a great stage present and he knew how to give a stage to an, uh, give a give a speech to an audience. Yeah. Um, but to be surely, honest, if someone on the internet has noticed that Trump has a lot of similar gesticulations as Hitler, um, that was an interesting choice of word. Um, <laughs> if he's got a lot of the similar things, if they weren't, if they were aware of it and they wanted to change that, they would make sure he doesn't do that. Well, I but, think like they know that there's precedent there for that being a successful, um, like, like. All of the fascist leaders that have come about in recent times have all done that kind. Like they they've been um, aggressive and animated and charismatic. It's not just Hitler. Like Mussolini, Mugabe. Like you could name pretty much any like you know fascist or dictator from mm. that's gained notoriety in the last what fifty, sixty, seventy years, and they will all follow that blueprint for. It, it's just how people perceive you when you, I mean the fact that during that speech that Donald Trump made like that's what made 56% extra people in favor of Donald Trump now yeah um and that survey allows for a, an error margin of 4% so is it is at least more than half of previously undecided voters have now changed their mind or have now decided that Trump is their man and it's another thing where I was just so confident because of how Hillary had crushed in all the opinion polls. But Trump um, used the ridiculous fucking coverage the guy has been given by the media. 
he used that, all the ratings he got. I genuinely um, believe, and in fact, it's not even a belief, it's knowledge, it is a fact that he mm. ran as a publicity stunt to promote his book, Make America Great Again. That, there is no doubt about that, and I think he's shocked at how far it's gone. But his tactic has changed, um, and the way he's approaching uh, delicate topics has changed. He's bringing a few more facts to the table yeah. when it comes to stuff that he talks about. But he does it in such a misleading way. Like he said something like 52% of black males are unemployed. And he did that to appeal to the black males. But that is not a true statistic. It's right. one that he gathered from the fact that I think 48% of black males age 17 to 24 are employed, right? Mm. Uh, like those are prime college years. So there's plenty of reasons why. Yeah. Anyway, um. So he just decided that that means that 52% are unemployed. Not true. And, like, that's not to say that black people don't deserve the fucking attention because I've, like, I think I've said, I don't know, countless times on my podcast that black people, the way that they're treated in America is absolutely outrageous and, like, undoubtedly the result of institutionalized racism. That's not a thing that Donald Trump is going to fix. He's, again, mm. just lending a voice to the voiceless so that they'll vote for him, you know? Like, that's yeah. that's that's a tactic, and that's a thing that he's decided to do now. Um, and, he, like, he would be much safer to vote for Hillary, to be honest. Yeah, although, unfortunately, the other side of the coin for Hillary isn't... It's not that it's not much better, because it obviously is a lot better. Yeah. But, um, comparatively, against any other running candidate, um, I don't think Hillary's a pretty good, a very good choice. I don't like Hillary Clinton. No, um, and it's not because I'm a misogynist or you know a sexist or anything. Oh, for me it is. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I just don't agree with anything that she says or anything that I've really heard about her, albeit limited. I, I, I think she has comfortably transitioned into the progressive role. Um, I, mm -hmm. I like that Bernie. Sanders has sort of pressured her into changing her stance on uh, public health care and stuff like that. I think that that's pretty good. Um, I think as well those fucking guys who were going to vote for Bernie Sanders, but because he didn't get the nomination, they're now voting for Donald Trump. Which I, is... That is the fucking... It's literally the polar opposite. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it's absolutely It couldn't ridiculous. be more polar opposite, like... I, I read a tweet today that was like, oh yeah, I love those guys. I remember one time I was going to get a Coke, but they only had Pepsi. So instead I pissed into a glass and lit my hair on fire. It's <laughs> like, that. like that's a fucking great analogy though, because look, if you supported Bernie Sanders and you're mad that he didn't get the nomination, so you're voting for Trump, like that's idiocy. You're, like, you're yeah. a fucking idiot. You deserve to live in the world that you're going to create if that man yeah. assumes power in America. The worst part is that the rest of us have to live in it as well, though. I know, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it's just fucking idiots. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, and it's stupid shit like that that people don't notice. Like, I, I fucking saw those people at the, um, like, those those Bernie guys holding up their signs saying that they'll vote for Trump if Bernie doesn't get in. Like, that's a thing they're going to show in a history textbook 50 years from now when they're talking about the birth of World War Three, if we don't yeah. fucking, like, like you know, like, I don't know, educate these people. I, that's another thing, is that I wanted to end on some kind of hopeful message. I don't yeah. really know what you can do, though. Like, 
I live in Ireland. This none of this has even been within my grasp to do anything to change. I can't vote like in America or the UK. Like I, I all I can do is is get my opinion. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Yeah, it might not be one that I really want to take part of if it turns out like that. Yeah, I suppose if we're going to end on a high note, the Pokemon Go has taken the world by storm. Just as much, if not more, as Donald Trump has. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be fair to say. Yeah. Um, if you are enjoying Pokemon Go, much like I am, because either you are a child or sad and pathetic like me, consider downloading... Um, there are plenty of apps out there. Um, consider downloading a charity app that takes the um, steps that you do on, on your from your pedometer and converts that into uh, donating money to charity. You can choose the charity, or you can just download an app for any random charity, but for the more steps you take, the more money they donate to charity. Um, And if you're walking about doing Pokemon Go a lot, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because that's a nice thing. And remember, road traffic deaths are at an all-time low. Police officer deaths are at an all-time low. Violent crime is at an all-time low. We really don't have that much to worry about in our safe European and American homes. Like, I don't think that America right now is in its best shape, but America right now is great, and you shouldn't let anyone think that it needs to be made great again. And if you're faced with that possibility, you should ask yourself, what does great again even fucking mean? Like, what does it relate to? I I honestly couldn't even tell you what that even means. I just, yeah, don't let the side of hate win. <laughs> Question everything. Look stuff up. Yeah. Google. And enjoy life. Jesus. Just enjoy it. Well. Well. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> There's this uh, fucking discussion in work the other day about Pokemon Go. Yeah. But, like, what do you gain from it? Like, Happiness. What is it for? Like, What's anything for? What are you doing here? I would dig a thousand holes To lay next to you I would dig a thousand more If I needed to I look around the grave For an escape route of old routines There doesn't seem to be any other way Cause I've started falling apart I'm not savoring life I've forgotten how good it could be To feel alive
That's what I've been told by everyone I whisper empty sirens in your ear And hope that you won't let go Cause I've started falling apart I'm not savoring life I've forgotten how good it could be To feel alive Cause I've started falling apart I'm not savoring life Take the pieces I've forgotten how to feel alive Take the pieces and build them skywards Forgotten how good it could be to feel alive. Take the pieces. Cause I've started falling apart. I'm not savoring life. Take the pieces. I've forgotten how good it could be to feel alive. Take the pieces and build them skywards. Take the pieces and build them skywards and take the pieces and build them skywards and take the pieces and build them up to the sky. God, this podcast is going to be so fucking great when we bring it back from the dead. <laughs>